This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Remembrance Day is this Saturday. There are going to be ceremonies all across the country. There will also be a wide variety of programming on platforms for you to access and engage with. One in particular is They Shall Not Grow Old, directed by Peter Jackson. The 2018 documentary is streaming on Netflix. It was created using original and unseen footage from the First World War. Michael McNeely has seen it and was moved by it and is going to offer a bit of a review. Michael is in studio alongside his intervener, Jill. And just before we jump in, a reminder that as we are talking about war, a lot of these themes are going to be quite mature. Hey, good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Michael, I'm good. Uh, these kinds of films are important ones, but this one you hold proudly in your collection. Why is that? Uh, that this film represents the power of film in general as an archival tool to sort of restore the images and to bring them to the present day in a new way so that people will be amazed and surprised by that footage, as well as remember that footage. What are some of the stories and perspectives that are being shared? The stories and perspectives that are being shared are primarily the British foot soldiers experience. And you may ask why we're talking about British soldiers when we live in Canada, but the fact is that Canadians also had similar experiences to the British foot soldier counterparts. The only difference is that we had to travel across the pond. So, ultimately, the British soldiers were more or less um, trained in the UK, and then they were shipped, frankly, less than 21 kilometers in some regards, to France to fight in the trenches into Belgium. And so our Canadian counterparts also had those kinds of experiences as well. Peter Jackson said that he wanted to highlight the stories of Air Force workers Um, the nurse corps, and women in the home front. But alas, he needed to focus on this to ensure that the movie was finished. And so that's why we only have the British perspective. Peter Jackson is someone who has done a lot of really amazing work with technology to restore film. What tech did he use to restore this footage? He did a lot of different things. It is important to remember that Peter Jackson is wealthy, and he has access to resources that many of us would not. He is also an avid collector of World War I memorabilia, so he has tanks and machine guns in his home, and he used those in trying to recreate the sounds that we hear in the movie, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. I think the first thing is that there were videographers, there were cameramen, during the trenches in World War One, I. I don't think enough of us actually know about that. Those videographers basically filmed what they saw. They did not do any fighting, so it wasn't like Vietnam with that footage. But they saw the preparation and the men marching into the trenches. That footage was often used for propaganda and, of course, was black and white and silent. 
So one of the things that Peter Jackson did was that he hired professional lip readers, as I'm hoping with deaf people, because we need jobs, too. Um, he hired those people to read the lips of what they were saying on the footage, which is just mind-blowing to me. And then they hired actors to basically say what those people were saying on the line. And the effect is just surreal. It's, it's like making those people like you and me today. Go deeper into that. What did those visuals add to your experience as a viewer? I think one of the interesting things is that Hollywood often stereotypes World War I fighting has taken place in the stormy, dark night. That's far from the truth. It's France we're talking about. France has some pretty good weather, and that was not the, that was not the uh, exception then. People were killing each other in broad daylight. People were fighting in some of the best weather they've ever experienced. And if you want any more idea of what the hell of war was like, I think that's basically it in a nutshell. No one would ever be able to enjoy a sunny day again because it would just remind them of fighting and dying. Um, so that's one of the visual aspects. It's, you know, it's not like a dark and stormy night. That's too cliche and it's too, it's too, it's not giving the viewer enough, enough, um, I guess enough credit to understand that we're fighting every day. Um, and that, that the visuals also, that we're looking at the screen, there's visuals here that the uh, producers are giving us and the editors. Um, we can see the real life people, we can see them moving, we can see them walking and talking and being afraid. And as Peter Jackson himself said, most of these people died. So it's, it's so ill knowing that uh, the footage that you're watching are some of the people's last days on Earth. You mentioned the dialogue component of sound. How else was Jackson leveraging sound in storytelling? So one of the interesting stories I like to share is that there was a, a common piece of footage in the last, you know, 50 years that showed a corporal or a general giving a speech to his, his men, and basically half of his mouth was covered, like I'm doing with my hand, because he was holding a piece of paper, so nobody knew for the longest time what was being said. So Peter Jackson said, OK, I'm going to deal with this right now. And he researched the regiment, and an amazing bit of detective work he went to that regiment's archives. He matched the date of the speech, and he found a speech in a note. And he basically wanted to test it out. So he read the speech while watching the man read the speech to see if both of them were happening at the same time. And then he found a place where the man was talking, because, of course, it wasn't the whole speech. And then he got a British actor to read the speech in that regiment's voice, because he, he recognizes, of course, that the entire UK has different accents. So I just, I'm just astounded by this, but I also want to remind people that Peter Jackson does have the resources to do this. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, not all of us have the resources to do this, but we all should, because as we mentioned before, um, all these uh, archive pieces are getting old in, the, in museums that may not, no offense to the museum creators, but they're not filmmakers necessarily. So they don't have the resources to, you know, digitally polish these films. Yeah. But we need to, because that's the only way we're going to save them.
Along those lines, what's the importance? You you alluded to this a couple of times now. The importance of preser preserving these histories beyond just books and photographs. I was talking to a friend yesterday on Facebook, and I realized that she doesn't she doesn't quite read as well as I do, or she doesn't quite understand the written word as well as I do, or maybe I'm just a bad communicator, but. I, I spoke what I was saying to her, and she understood what I was saying, because I think she could hear my tone, and she could hear my nuance. I think that's what's missing from these things. The, we have textbook descriptions that people think are probably dry. They're not, but that's just the stereotype. So I think what we need to do is we need to be confronted with footage and color and with sound and with all the bells and whistles to get people to care. And it's not a criticism of the people, it's just, you know, different modes of communication are required at different times. And this is, we need, you know, we need to have something to cater to the younger generation, especially if we want to get them to care about, you know, their great, great, great grandfathers. Mm -hmm. You ended up watching extra footage, stuff that didn't even make it into the documentary. You ended up watching bonus production from the documentary. Why do you recommend others check that out as well, beyond just the movie itself or the film well, itself? It was, it was behind-the-scenes footage that Peter Jackson always does. You know, Lord of the Winds has probably 45 hours of it. Um, and it's just, you know, if you want to know what goes on in the filmmaker's mind, why he does the things that he does, and he's just a great speaker, Peter Jackson is— he actually says he's not a historian, but I call BS on that, because I think he is a historian. I think he's just also, you know, buying into that, that a historian writes papers, the historian publishes books. But that's not—that's not what a historian is. A historian is someone who actually cares about what happens in history, and obviously Peter Jackson cares. So I think that's just, you know, perhaps filmmakers, such as people in our audience, more will learn something from Peter Jackson or they'll be inspired by Peter Jackson. Michael, thank you for this. Have a nice day. Thank you. And um, I think one of the last things that Peter Jackson wanted all of us to do was just to research our history. And I think that's a good, good moral for today. Yeah. That's entertainment critic Michael McNeely with a review of They Shall Not Grow Old. You can find that on Netflix. You can also get it on demand to rent on iTunes or Prime Video. Remember, this Saturday, November the 11th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, AMI is going to have some special Remembrance Day programming. So 10 a.m. Eastern Time this Saturday, November the 11th, AMI-TV is going to be having special Remembrance Day programming. Coming up after the break... The Hollywood actor strike is over. So Alex Smythe will bring that conversation to the round table with myself, Nisreen, and Ramya. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.